Hi, and welcome to Under an Open Heaven Podcast. We are glad you are joining us as we explore the reality of God's love expressed in Scripture and our own personal experiences. Thanks for joining us today as we explore the reality that we live under an open heaven. Enjoy! Hey, welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Under an Open Heaven. My name is Arthur Richardson, and today I will be alone, so... Uh, please have mercy on me. <laughs> um, yeah, normally I get to have somebody else with me who can maybe ask questions if I say something that's like kind of broad and could potentially lead somebody down to uh, misunderstanding what I'm trying to say. So um, feel free that if I say something that is a little bit off-putting or you think that it could you could use some clarification. Um, I know the temptation that we have oftentimes is to just stop listening to something uh, that that could be a little bit off or funky or um, just not sit quite right with us. Um, I, I do mean this very, very passionately. Uh, I am imperfect and I don't always say things perfectly. Um, so feel free to message me and either through email or through our Instagram um, and ask a clarifying question if you want. Um, I, I have no no qualms about that. I know I'm not perfect. Alrighty, so without further ado, diving into the today's topic, which is actually going to be potentially a little bit difficult. Um, we're going to be examining uh, our mindset of faith. So uh, this is this can be kind of difficult because our faith is so dear to us. And how do we define that? You know, that that I think is huge. And I'll I'll kind of get a little bit deeper into this, but I definitely have had to make a lot of little adjustments throughout the entirety of my life. Um especially more recently with uh some more recent some more recent troubling times, shall we say. Uh my faith was challenged but my faith was challenged because my life situations challenged the false ideals that I had of what I was putting my faith into. So we're going to start with paragraph 42. Of course, we, we will never be able to make the church's teachings easily understood or readily appreciated by everyone. Faith always remains something of a cross. It retains a certain obscurity which does not de- detract from the firm- firmness of its, its ascent. All right, so he's saying a lot here, and I'm going to do my best to break it open. So I read this a week ago, and it didn't make much sense, but I did hear something uh, last night that my parish priest said that, honestly, I was going to not even do a podcast today, an episode today, but... I've been mulling it over and I just feel very passionate about this and it's still kind of fresh. Um, so I may again, not do this completely perfectly, but what my parish priest was talking about, uh, is faith's opposite. So he said that faith's opposite is not actually doubt. Many of I would have before last night, um, considered the opposite of faith to be doubt. But he was saying it's actually certainty. And then he kind of explained why that is. Uh, 
and it has to do largely with faith being the the motivation to fall further in love with the Lord, to fall further in love with God, and learn from Him, and be changed by Him, and be willing to let go of things, uh, especially things that we cling to for a feeling of security. And yeah, that's that can be kind of difficult, right? Like I, I think for many of us, for me, for a very long time, something that gave me security was knowing what I can and cannot do. Um, and, and letting go of putting all of my importance into that was very difficult at first, but it became very freeing. And I found that even following those moral laws became significantly easier. Um, I kind of want to take a, a business approach, a business mindset uh, real quick to try to make an analogy to hopefully make a little bit more sense with this. So I work as a project manager and uh, I have been slowly implementing more and more agile, which is more of a methodology and mindset uh, than it is like an actual like step-by-step process. So if you think the step-by-step process being similar to like a moral law, a list of laws or code or um, when X happens, you should do this, X, Y, or Z. Um, the same thing with with this. Uh, it became more of like, hey, a change in desire of what we're working on has, has come up. How would it be best for us as a team to, to, to handle this? It becomes more reflective. It becomes more... Uh, more able to come and and deal with problems that arise or changes that arise or implementing changes that need to happen in order to benefit the product when we before we you know made the plan and made all of this uh, guesswork so this this change of mindset I have definitely seen in my own workplace and uh, in my coworkers has given a freedom to make better product, a freedom to enjoy their work more. They're, uh, they, they feel more empowered, I would say. I definitely feel uh, this way when it comes to our work. Um, I don't want to completely speak for them, but I definitely feel empowered that I have ownership of the project. The project doesn't have ownership of me. Um, and if you kind of come to this understanding with faith as well, like I have ownership of faith my faith doesn't have ownership of me um we'll kind of get a little bit into that a little bit down the road um i think that's actually that mindset is super important like having ownership of of where you're going and how you're getting there It, it matters a lot i think to a person's mindset um this was kind of a stumbling block for me this uh line that Pope Francis calls faith a cross and saying that uh, it, you know, we can't make all of the church's teachings easily understood or readily appreciated by everyone. Um, that, that was kind of hard for me to, to read at first, but then reading through it with um, understanding a better understanding of what faith is, it kind of clicked. If faith is not having certainty, then that makes perfect sense. If faith is the the spiritual aspect that allows us to open up to God's Holy Spirit so that we can take on the transformation 
of going from a human mind to having the mind of Christ, then all the morality, then all the church teachings begins to make a lot more sense. Because the the perspective, the mindset, the way we process information changes from one of a finite, meaning in the moment, to an infinite, meaning timeless, endless, but also love. The human ego often gets in the way of us actually truly understanding the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of the church, and morality. But having the mind of Christ pulls us out of our own ego and into something deeper, beautiful, and something that brings about what our ego craves but can never present to itself. So the reason why I think he calls faith a a cross, because faith is not just having certainty in the moral teachings. We can't gift somebody certainty in moral teachings or teachings of the church. Preaching the gospel is helping the other person open up to God's Holy Spirit. And it is when God's Holy Spirit comes in that the person that we're talking to can begin to have their mind opened and transformed into something that can understand those moral teachings. If we try to hit them first with the moral teachings, we're more likely going to frustrate their ego rather than show them the beauty of allowing their ego to be overwhelmed and kind of die. <laughs> you know, um, it, it, that can be that can be the cross, right? Faith is the cross that puts our egos to death. And then we begin to have the freedom to be able to put the black and white lists kind of aside and and live life with the freedom in, in God's mercy. And I'm not saying that moralities should be like pushed aside by any stretch of the imagination, but rather having a mindset that shifts from obligation, which for those of you who are millennials, um, and younger, most of us, when we hear the word obligation, we think it's a burden. Whereas back in like the classical culture, medieval, nighttime, all of that fun stuff, when I think this word was established, it was something that was like empowering. Like you get, you have this responsibility to step up and do this thing. You know, that, that was, that was like the intent of the word, but it's so interesting how words have changed. And that does bring us to our next point that I want to make of having bad takeaways. There's many dangers to just focusing on the list of black and white uniformity. But one of the biggest things is that misunderstandings as language and culture changes. So if we have uniformity in our language and how we express things, there's going to be cultures who are outside of our own that won't get it, that won't understand. And oftentimes, so often, the Catholic culture is bigger and is not exclusive to other people's culture, which can lead to misunderstandings. So what I'm trying to say here, uh, I'll just read uh, this, this bit from paragraph 41. There are times when the faithful in listening to completely orthodox language, take away something alien to the authentic gospel of Jesus Christ, because the language is alien to their own way of speaking and to understanding one another. So I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. I'll give you two, actually. Uh, one's kind of funny. The other one is not so funny. Um, 
the first one, uh, I was, when I was younger, um, it was the cultural expectation was to dress up. You know, it, the, the bare minimum was at least khakis and a polo. I hated polos. I hated dressing up. Um, and I remember once I started becoming more aware and like listening to like different scripture passages, uh, I was in an argument with my mom and she said, you know, you need to look nice for mass. And I said, rend your hearts and not your garments. And I thought rend your hearts was present your hearts and not your garments. But really it means rip your hearts and not your garments. So it was kind of fun. Like, I think my mom had a hard time not laughing at me <laughs> because of like just one word through the entirety of that whole meaning of that scripture passage completely out the door, it, <laughs> you know, and, and how quickly if I had not learned the meaning of rend, how far that could have like how, how far off I could have been, you know, maybe not so funny of an example is understanding the will of God. I have been dealing with the will of God. And understanding what it is that it that means and how people have just thrown that phrase around that that has actually caused quite a bit of damage while to my spiritual life to be honest when I was discerning whether or not I should be you know my state in life vocation so priesthood married life or single life I I was kind of told that God has like a plan for you when I was when I heard that I assumed that God had the mind of a human and would only have one plan for me that I might be kind of happy if I went off and did my own thing or misunderstood what his original plan was for me but I wouldn't be as happy if I didn't do the main plan that God wanted me to do and that caused a lot of anxiety because I did not hear a booming voice go be a priest my son I heard nothing like that. I heard nothing. And it wasn't until I was reading Story of a Soul uh, by Tres of Lisieux, where she had been in her state in life vocation for like five years at this point when she had this huge epiphany. And like when she's writing it in, uh, when, she, when she wrote it, she wrote it in like all caps. I finally found my vocation. My vocation is to love. That That is what is the will of God. And it's not something that's so simple. It's something that's dynamic. It's something that changes on a day-to-day -day basis. State in life is just your state and how that love is presented. And that gave me freedom to be able to approach both the priesthood and marriage with a lot more freedom. It's... It, became something that was how am I going to best with God love the person in front of me and that gave a lot of clarity in how I approached how I approached life uh, but I wasn't done yet with my bad takeaways um, still I'm not I'm sure because usually it's when I come into a crisis of faith that I realize that I had assumptions of what was true and Pope Francis in pa paragraph 43 talks about uh, talks about this he says in paragraph 43, in her ongoing discernment, the church can also come to see that certain customs, as not directly connected to the heart of the gospel, even some which have deep historical roots, are no longer properly understood and appreciated. Some of these customs may be beautiful, 
but they no longer serve as a means of communicating the gospel. We should not be afraid to re-examine them. Okay, so if we take a genuine faith, that mind of Christ, we will begin to have a freedom and a courage to admit that we might have uh, confirmation bias or community bias, and we can re-examine something without fear. We should be able to re-examine any aspect of what is true and determine whether or not it's good, it's true, or it leads us to a place of what it was supposed to be. So what he's saying is there are some some practices, some cultural practices, that they're not directly connected to the heart of the gospel. So a few examples of this would be like the architecture of a, of a church. At some point in history, there was a lot of significance. The people understood it. Uh, facing east, ad orientum, that's the Latin phrase for facing east. I find this funny nowadays. I've been into different Catholic churches that the altar is at orientum, but the church is not oriented towards the east. It's just the priest is just facing away the peop- from away from the people. He's not facing east towards Jerusalem. It's disconnected, <laughs> you know. And I just I find it I just find it funny. Um, and I think that there's nothing wrong with having an at orientum mass. There's nothing wrong with facing east, but having the courage to re-examine whether or not it's connected directly to the heart of the gospel or not, or if it still speaks what it originally meant to speak to the people today, or is it just a beautiful custom? And that's not for me to determine for you, because I don't think this is objective. I think this is cultural. And I think that's super important to to have the freedom to admit that, like, I do not connect with Ad Orientum, or I do not connect with the Novus Ordum Mass. Okay, that's fine. That's totally fine. But that doesn't mean that you, the way you connect with the Mass is objective. It could just be cultural, because the Catholic Church is universal. Catholic means universal. Yeah, I think that is a huge stumbling block for our faith, because the moment that if we put all of our eggs in the basket of Mass must be charismatic, or uh, must be... Um, progressive or it must be traditional and then we run into documents or we run into things that challenge that faith we're either going to completely disregard what we just heard because it doesn't meet the confirmation bias or the community bias that we hold to or it's going to rock our faith i'll tell you one of the community biases that i had that really shook me when life didn't align the way i thought it should and this is where it gets a little bit more serious, a little bit more sad uh, for me. Um, and I, I'd say that I've healed. I'd say that my wife is healed in a lot of ways. Uh, there's probably still room for healing and growth. But I was a part of a community uh, that held very firmly to miracles happening. And if it seemed like if I just believed strong enough that I could command anything to be done and it would be done. Well, about a year ago, more than a year ago now, Uh, We had our first miscarriage, and I prayed in the name of Jesus with all the faith that I could muster, remembering all the times that I have watched God do amazing wonders with and through me. Miracles of healing, miracles of, of signs and wonders, and he didn't heal our baby. And I had a crisis of faith. 
because that went against my community bias. Because I knew I had the faith. There was no doubt that I had seen him do wonders. There was no doubt that I knew that he loved babies. There was no doubt that I knew that he loved babies, that he loved me, that he loved my wife, that he did not want us to suffer. And yet, we still had to go through that twice. And I'll be honest with you, my faith was, sh was shaken for a while. If we take more of the mindset of Christ, we will begin to allow the connections that our brain makes, the associations that our brain makes to learn, to understand truth as being greater than what my mind can comprehend. That truth is beyond my mind. When I say beyond, I mean it, it like all of truth cannot be contained within my mind yet. And truth is outside of my mind, and my mind can conform to it. Faith is receiving the mind of Christ. Faith is receiving his Holy Spirit. And this gives us the freedom to re-examine ourselves with authenticity without having a crisis of faith. Because if we're having a crisis of faith, we put our faith in facts and not in the living person of Jesus Christ. Let's end with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus, we ask you to break down our walls and to give us your mind. We ask you to give us your mind, your faith, so that we might love with your love, that we might understand that we do not understand. Jesus, you're so good. I praise you and I thank you. And I ask you to be with each of our listeners today, to fill them with love, to fill them with peace and joy today. And I ask this in your most holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care and God bless. Bye. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. We hope that this podcast blessed you. And we ask if it did, share that with the people that you love so that it can bless them as well. If you want to reach out to us, we are available on Facebook. We are Under an Open Heaven. Our email address is underanopenheaven.fire at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at underanopenheaven.fire. So Please go uh, give those a gander and send us any, any feedback that you want. We would be happy to reply to you. God bless. Bye.